Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. How do you use LinkedIn as a social media platform that helps you book appointments? Well, that's a great question. A question that I had a chance to sit down with Connor Doobie and ask him. We'll get into a little bit of that today. He talks about cold calling, talks about some LinkedIn stats you need to know, and he kind of rewires your thinking a little bit on how to use mainly LinkedIn and your primary social platform to how to start relationships. So I think you'll enjoy my conversation with Connor. He was nice enough to have me on his podcast. I returned the favor. I think he's got some really special information. We're going to have him on again. But here's my conversation with Connor Doobie. Special guest today on the show is Connor Doobie. You can find him at your cue, Connor, to tell people where you can find people can find you. Connor Doobie. C-O-N-N-O-R-D-U-B-E. I'm on all social media platforms, and you can find our podcast on uh at B2B Mentors on all your favorite podcast apps as well. Awesome. Awesome. So Connor joins me today because uh, I happened to be on his podcast here a while back, and I really enjoyed our conversation. I know I know that Connor brings a um, he brings a youth a youthful exuberance to sales, and also he brings experience at his young age. But also he has some has some concepts and frameworks that I think might be a little counterintuitive. And so I wanted to have him on. I want to get into this, Connor. Why don't you tell my audience? Give us a couple minutes on your progression from where you were to where you are today and just give us a little background. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm so pumped to be here and always love talking with you. We, ha- we always have a good conversation and, and anyone listening, you have to go check out the interview I did with Bill also. It was, uh, it was, it was a blast. Um, but yeah, no, I, I came from a humble beginnings, lower middle class family, you know, not wealthy and, but just enough to like get by uh, comfortably. And, uh, both my parents came from real estate backgrounds. So, you know, I was always at the swanky parties and real estate networking at a young age. I actually started my very first business at the age of seven, uh, when the twin towers, uh, were struck down. Um, I wanted to find a way to give back. So I actually took rocks from my neighbor's yards and my parents' yard, and I painted them with patriotic symbols and I sold them to raise funds for the 9-11 rebuild efforts. And that was my wow. first dive into entrepreneurship. <laughs> uh, and, awesome. uh, and, and just, you know, start a handful of businesses, done, done every business under the sun that you could think of, even at the young age I'm at. Um, just really passionate about that. I knew at a young age too, like at 13, I distinctly remember just acknowledging and thinking about, I want to be successful, not just like, monetarily, but um, freedom. I always, I, I grew up right in the beginnings of social media. So you see people living beautiful lifestyles with freedom, the ability to travel, but only, not only that, be able to like give back on their own accord. So I've always been very passionate about that. Um, 
president, led uh, business clubs throughout high school. Uh, I went off to college to get my marketing degree, actually, and at Metro State University. And I had a unique experience because when I was working there, I actually started doing door-to-door sales. Um, this actually wasn't even my first sales job, but um, this was the first time I was really like a, a employed in sales for a long period of time. So I did door-to-door sales for two and a half years where I ended up managing, leading, training hundreds of salespeople through there, um, brought in multiple eight figures into that uh, department. I was eventually promoted to run and manage their event marketing team, uh, which is so funny because I haven't worn this jacket I'm wearing so long. You guys can't see me right now, but um, it was the uh, company I was actually working for them. And uh, yeah, so I, I helped take a, a, a sales and uh, marketing department at the age of 22 years old from a couple million dollars to about $11.8 million in a year and a half by just getting really great at enabling other people to sell um, and selling myself. So uh, that was a great experience. When I left there, though, I was like, you know, man, I can't really do this working for other people thing. I just I drive people crazy. Um, I'm one of those. My teachers always hated me because I was the one always tapping on my desk all the time. So I was either going to start another company right out of college or my dad had kind of just had this small legacy agency. Um, they're doing newsletters for companies over the years, partnered up with him. And uh, I've been growing that for the last several years. We're well known in the industry now for being the go-to in custom content marketing, um, business development, helping companies with their LinkedIn brand amplification. And I love every single minute of it. Oh, that's great. That's great, man. You have a long, a long, you know, storied career, 20 years of sales at 27 years old. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty good. much. Well, um, I wanted to talk about the topic that we kind of selected uh, today, which is how to land large accounts through social media. And you made it very clear that we're not, we're not actually doing deals through social, but why don't you tell us a little bit about the the topic and why you think it's it's so important for B2B salespeople, although it could be anybody, but our, our audience is primarily B2B. Why do you think it's so important that if you're in a, a position where you can actually sell large deals, why it's so important to use social media as the beginning point? Well, it's not even so much social media. Like Social media is just a vehicle, just like any other vehicle to get you anywhere. So I... And interviewing hundreds of CEOs and VPs of sales and marketing directors is um, they really get turned off by that whole social media, social selling. And it's not really so much about like, you're going to go to social media and you're going to be selling like crazy because you're building your personal brand on social media or just posting content on social media. I think the real the, the real reason I emphasize and focus on there is um, I'll even bring it back to one of my uh, experiences. When I was going door to door, I go to a homeowner's house and I knock on their door and they, of course, they'd be so happy that I was interrupting their dinner and, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're trying to course. feed their kids and all that good stuff. <laughs> um, but then I, I just started noticing something very interesting. I'd go there and they'd be like, oh my God, dude, you guys were just here last week, right? You're just at my door last week. Probably wasn't even us. It was probably another company. And then, um, you know, give them the pitch, let them know what we're there for and everything. And then you'd see that light bulb go off. You'd be like, you know what? 
my wife and I were at the Home and Garden show last weekend. And, uh, you know, we checked out your booth. We looked at some of your product, whatever. Uh, also, I got this flyer on my doorstep from you a couple weeks ago. And I got a mailer and I got an email. I know I got an email from you guys recently. And, uh, and isn't that your commercial on television right now? Like points to his living room. And I'm like, whoa, there's something going on here. First off, something I, I noticed, especially when I dove much more into B2B uh, sales bill is that it's a much longer process and it's a very relationship driven process. And the other thing is now in the digital age we're living, we live, live in, and now the COVID era, I mean, shit, we're fighting the uphill battle of bad news every single day just to get to our buyers. People are more distracted than ever before. So much noise out there. So what I realized and what's made me successful at the young age I am is just understanding that um, people aren't talking to you necessarily not because they don't like you or want to do business with you. Most of the time, they don't even, they just don't know you. They don't like you. They don't trust you yet because they haven't seen you show up enough. And if you're doing what most other salespeople are doing, which I've tried a lot, I used to even work in a call center in high school, is if you're just hammering the phones and calling your prospects and bugging the crap out of them, or if you're just using email, um, if you're just using one medium of communication, there's this whole world of touch points out there that you're able to take advantage of. Social media, especially LinkedIn, in my opinion, being the most powerful if you're doing it the right way, which again, you can be cold calling people the wrong way, which is why it's not working for you. You can be emailing people the wrong way, which is why it's not working for you. So I'm sure everyone's gotten, and I hear this from everyone, you've got gotten that spammy message on LinkedIn or whatever. That's just people using the platform the wrong way. That doesn't mean you cannot be taking advantage of social media platforms the right way. Yeah. And you, Bill, know training salespeople, um, your buyers, it used to be maybe a, because they didn't have access to the internet, one, two, three, four touch points to get that hello, to get that conversation started. Now, I, I truly believe it's 20, 30 times people need to see you show up before they go, oh, or, or timing aligns, timing, need, money, opportunity. All these things have to align. So I just emphasize you as a seller have to be there as a seller and a marketer mm-hmm. in kind of a hybrid position. So your buyer, when timing need money aligns, they know exactly who to go to. Let's dive deeper into that because I've said, and I might've even said it on your podcast, that I think the B2B salesperson today needs to be as much marketer as they are, as they are seller. And that's really hard for people because I, I have this con- I had this conversation today with a client. And he's opening up a brand new market of uh, municipalities, and I know his his default position is to just go make phone calls, is get a list of the people and just start hammering out phone calls, seeing if he can book meetings. And I don't know that that's a bad thing, but I don't think he thinks about it as a marketing function and then a sales function. I think he thinks about it only as a sales function. So tell me how a, a be, what are some key principles or key factors for a salesperson to start to think of themselves as a marketer? Well, I want to take 
kind of a big leap backwards because I feel like this foundation is is really important to lay down for anybody listening because those of you listening, you're a human being, most likely, unless Bill's reaching probably. outer space, which probably um, are. Most of our listeners are, yeah. Mo- most of your listenership. And, mm-hmm. and so I'll speak generally to the human being population out yeah. there is um, first, it, it really has to do with your mindset. So another component just from seeking so much mentorship over the years, uh, talking to billionaires and talking to millionaires and thinking like them and kind of getting into their brains, whether you're a sales assistant, whether you're an SDR, your business development leader, or you're the VP of sales, your mentality and your mental wellness has everything to do with how great you're going to perform as a salesperson. Agreed. So I want to absolutely first and foremost emphasize, like before you even are like, why do I need sales and marketing? Why do I need to be both and all this good stuff? Well, first off, you need to take care of your mental state and your health and, and take care of your well-being. And I think that a lot of uh, sales leaders are pushing their salespeople to make 100 calls because the CEO is demanding 100 calls a day yep. because the board of directors are pressuring them to meet you know certain revenue goals. We don't live in that world anymore. Um, we live in a world of if if you're if you're good and you're and this is just comes from talking to mentors is actually being able to eliminate as much as you can and actually being much more thoughtful and strategic in the way that you're communicating with people, not just to check off a box, but to build that. Well, give me an example. Give me an example of that. Cause I, I want to go back to the mental thing. Cause I agree with that, but I don't want to leave my listeners just with, come on, man, get, go get, go get your mind screwed on, go get your head screwed on straight. I want to go back to that. But when you say, uh, say that again, and then, and then give me an example of uh, what you just said. So there's two. One is a seller. You're not being as productive as you think you are because you're doing more. You're actually doing less. I, heck, I'll bring it back to um, bring it back to my door-to-door days. I would get dropped off in a neighborhood, and they would give me a cul-de-sac. Right? We have these guys burning through these whole neighborhoods. I would get a cul-de-sac, and I would set five appointments in an eight-house cul-de-sac because I was approaching it in a thoughtful way, not just trying to burn and turn and hit the numbers game. I was really understanding people's problems. But when I was bad at that, I was also, and and I was struggling with it, I was also facing health issues that were affecting my mental issues that wouldn't allow the focus to do that. So a couple things I mean by that, not to get too obtuse here, guys, I know I'm getting a little grandiose and everything, but um, I think it's important to realize that you're, if you're taking a 15 minute break um, three or four times throughout the day versus trying to just run through your entire day, you're going to be more productive. If you're taking care of your health and actually taking that block of hour in the beginning to meditate, to exercise, to actually plan out what's going to happen through that day, rather than just stumbling into it, knowing Oh shit, man! I got to make fifty calls a day, or I'm I'm gonna get canned. First off, that's on leadership, but second off, that's on you as a salesperson to realize that 
this thing is whole first a mental game. So first you got to get your mental in check by getting your physical in check and realizing that the most, the, the worst I've done in my life is when I've tried to get more done. The best I've done in my life is when I've eliminated stuff. What technology can I get out of the way? What distractions, what people can I get out of my life that are going to impact my mental? Um, I just think it's so important. Again, I know it's kind of a little obtuse to talking like sales strategy, but it all applies so much more than you realize. Like I tell my team regularly, you know, I had someone come to me today, Connor, I'm stressing out about this. I'm like, listen, I sent them a meditation. I'm like, Hey, go take 20 minutes, go away, get out of your computer, go for a walk. And then what'd she do? She came back and she knocked out like five, six, 10 different high important items Mm -hmm. because she was able to get back into that flow state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you say that, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to what you said there about touch points and how important those are. What, what, give me an example of that. Cause you said we, we need to be more strategic and I agree with that. But that's a word that has billions of definitions. So right. get into the granular a little bit here and give me what you're, when you say touch points, what do you mean? What's an example of a good versus bad, good touch versus bad touch? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's talk good touches and Be bad careful. touches. Be careful with that one. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, well, I, I, I don't think that there's inherently any issue with calling or using traditional means Now, the issue we run into is we can't meet people in person anymore. So why was meeting in person so important for B2B sales? Because of three things, know, like, and trust. It's, it's it's to do more, people need to know you first off, they need to like you and they need to trust you to, to buy from you. So what I try to emphasize is putting touch points out there that'll allow people to know you, like you, and trust okay, you. I'll give good. you an example. Good. LinkedIn. I'll get real specific here. Let's say I'm trying to penetrate a uh, five, you know, 500-person company, and uh, I'm trying to get to their CTO, for example, or CIO, or their leadership team. I'm trying to get somebody over there to get my foot in the door. Okay. I can use LinkedIn And instead of doing what everybody else does, which is they go and try and pitch and spam people, the first roadblock is to get your prospects connected with you. And not just your immediate prospects, not just if I'm trying to sell the bill, there's five or six influencers who surround Bill and influence his decision-making process. So I get connected up with all five or six of those people to make sure they're in my network and they're going to see me when I'm doing some of these other uh, pieces like putting video out there, putting video content or writing articles mm-hmm. or publishing podcasts. And then I always follow up with an account I'm trying to get into with video directly on the LinkedIn platform. I use my LinkedIn mobile app. I take the five or six decision makers. I put them all into a group message on LinkedIn. And if I'm in the beginning stages of trying to like get a meeting. Well, I'm going to get all the influencers in there. From the one I'm company? Gonna, from the one company? From the one company. Okay. Okay. I'll, I, I, I want companies talking about me at the water cooler. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Good. Uh, it's like that water cooler chatter. Like, oh, did you see what that guy did on, on uh, you know, on LinkedIn? 
uh, it works so well. It's crazy. Not enough people are taking advantage of this. So let's say you have five people at the company. You will take mm-hmm. those five and let's say you have to be connected to them, right? Let's mm-hmm. say you're connected to them and you will put them in a group. Is that in Navigator? Is that in LinkedIn Navigator? Or you're not, it's not a group. It's just you're emailing the, or you're direct messaging the video to all five. D- directly on LinkedIn. Directly on LinkedIn, okay. I'm going to put them into like a message, you know, like you would message someone directly, not email. You can put more than one. Okay. Yeah. I would start there is my first touch point. First, get them connected with you. Now there's some strategy behind that too, is I use my existing clients to get my foot in the door with prospects through LinkedIn. So I identify what accounts are already connected with my partners, clients, past people in my network. I use them without having to wait on them to refer me the business, I rely on, I use them to get the connection initially. I get them all into a group message. I send them a video message, introducing myself, talking about pain, depending on what you're trying to do, if it's a meeting or just a touch point. And then if I can't get a hold of them, then, then I'll pick up the phone and I'll reference what I've done on LinkedIn. Then I'll send them an email. Then I'll find them on Facebook and I'll shoot them a message on Facebook mm-hmm. or I'll find them on Instagram. And you can use all these tools to research your buyers as well, right? I, I did an um, uh, interview with uh, 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 Mario at Vengresso, CEO of Vengresso. They're like one of the mm-hmm. world's largest digital sales training companies. And I really like what he mentioned, which is like finding that fish on the wall, Right. You can do that now without having to step into someone's office because they leave a, tra- a, a trail of breadcrumbs on social media mm-hmm. or their mm-hmm. wife or their husband does it for them. So easy to access using all of these different social media channels and tools. You just got to take that step back to do a little bit of research. It takes a little bit more time, but that's how I can go about my day and confidently set, you know, five hardcore meetings out of like 10 messages sent versus like a hundred and getting like one or two, like, man, like kind of, you know, kind of out there. Now, again, people, timing, money, need, opportunity, all these things have to align. So I rely on these four pillars. Just keep checking in on these four pillars to make sure I'm doing things right on social media. Number one is messaging. Messaging equals meaning for your buyers, for your prospects, for your partners, the people that you're trying to reach. If um, I'm a CEO and I see you're trying to send me a connection request on LinkedIn with first off a sales pitch, and then your title on LinkedIn is like sales person or business development <laughs> rep or whatever, you're just like, oh, it's another salesperson. Between your banner on LinkedIn, especially your summary section, your headline, you have all this real estate as a salesperson to be able to provide meaning with your messaging rather than just telling people people you're in sales. Mm-hmm. What problems are you actually solving for people, right? It's not about, no one gives a shit about your product or service. What are the actual problems that you're solving and how can you highlight that in your messaging? So that's number one. Number two is engagement. So engagement is what drives the eyeballs to your messaging on a regular basis. So if I have my target prospects 
and I'm engaging in their team's content, not even theirs. Let's say the CEO doesn't post, but his sales director does. Yeah. If I'm engaging with his stuff on social, all of a sudden his CEO is seeing me and it creates this exponential effect. Okay. So I can engage in content. I consider engagement, sending video messages or pitching. Um, You should never be pitching. Maybe the right term for it is just asking or conversating. I think that's where people go wrong too, is like, oh, I need to go pitch people on social. All you got to do is find that fish on the wall and get that conversation started. So engagement is what is going to help to bring those eyeballs to your messaging. Um, Number three is content. Content creates context. Again, most salespeople who want to build their personal brands or know it's important, they're just sharing random blog posts. They're sharing random stuff they just find on the internet just to fill their feeds and the marketing department isn't doing their job and getting no. insights from the from salespeople. So they're just working with what they got. Um, you as a salesperson, if you're in that scenario, you kind of need to be the personal brand and the marketer. So, I mean, dude, like 90% of my videos that I do on my cell phone and I get leads and I get sales from it. And so use the tools that you have. So you are you just posting the, the, the videos where you're talking about content? Are you just posting that in your stream and your feed or are you targeting people who you are targeting or are you linking somehow in that post? Both. Okay. Um, I create content based on conversations I have with prospects. So if a prospect asks me some question and I'm like, Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to create a video on it, post it on LinkedIn, and then depending on other lookalike prospects or accounts, right? I'm I'm much more towards the account-based approach rather than like trying to sell to anybody and everybody. Yeah. If you're really trying to land large accounts, use some so use some listening skills to see what people are telling you and regurgitate that on social media for your other prospects that you haven't gotten meetings with yet. So now that I have all my prospects in a group message, I'll follow up with content. Hey, I just did this video post. Thought you guys might want to check this out. Touches on why you're probably experiencing lost revenues in XYZ. So are you, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Are you, no, please. So you talked at first about the five people within the company that you would target, but are you also, let's say you've got 10 companies and there's five at each company. Now I've got 50 people. Is that a group as well? Yeah. I put them all in their own separate group. So this, this also just going, goes to knowing some of the functionalities of LinkedIn, for example, yeah. if I have 10 accounts that I'm targeting, I have 10 separate groups that I can pull up in my in my inbox on LinkedIn where I actually label. And that's the thing too, is when you create a group, you can label the group. Okay. So if I'm targeting XYZ company, I'll say XYZ company costly sales gaps or something like that, or lost revenue this year, or something that's going to make them go, oh shit, like that oh shit factor. You know what I mean? That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to really emphasize here is how can you take a step back as a salesperson, as a sales leader, really put some thought into your accounts that you're trying to target? And what are how can you take advantage of these super amazing powerful yeah. tools 
to be able to get that message across to the right people. You talked about number one, messaging, number two, engagement, number three, content. What's number four before we close up? Consistency. Consistency closes sales. I have picked up more deals in my career because other salespeople gave up too early. Mm-hmm. And I can tell it too, because when I'm talking to the prospect, they're like, they, they tell me, they're like, yeah, I was working on steel. I never heard back from the sales guy. Like I was interested and he didn't follow up. Or um, I started a conversation with you because you sent me a video on LinkedIn that was c- totally custom to me, spoke directly to me. You hit my pains. And so here we are. What do you got to offer, dude? And yeah. so um, it, I, I think it's easy to get deterred, especially on social media. You're like, am I bugging people? Well, that's where you use other tools. Use the phone, use email, use all the cha- text message. Try texting your prospect. You'd be so surprised. Text your prospect a video. I will text prospects videos also um, directly to their inbox. Anything I can do to build that trust Mm -hmm. and show them that I'm interested. People want to be interested in, interested in, 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 interested in. I said that right, Uh, right? People want to, they want to know you're interested. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, And oftentimes they're just too, they're just busy. They're dealing with like, I know as a, as a leader in our company, as a co-owner of our company, sometimes I'm working on sales, marketing, dealing with a client fire, dealing with a tech issue. Like uh, there, I have three people right now that I'm trying to buy something from and I'm just distracted with other stuff. I haven't talked to them in a couple of weeks and they've been trying to follow up with me. Connor, this has been really good. I, I think that, uh, I think this whole notion of how we use the platform and the platform we're talking about here is LinkedIn. And, you know, you're, you've given me a couple of thoughts here. I did not know the whole group thing because that's a, that's a really genius idea is if you're, and I think that the thing that makes it all work is the proper messaging. Cause it's, if it's always, Hey, love to get together for a cup of coffee. Hey, let's jump on a zoom call. Hey, how can I help you? It's like, Oh God, how many times have we gotten that freaking message? I think you have to bring value. You have to, speak the message that they're thinking about. And that's one thing. Yeah. I think sales B2B salespeople typically that's a market. That's market think. That's really thinking like a marketer, isn't it? Well, it's thinking you as a salesperson need to think like the CEO. Like I empower my whole team access to a lot of pieces of the business. And we've been productive that way because everyone's a CEO of their own role in their own department. So you really got to take some ownership of where you're at. I think that's really important in the mentality too. So like, instead of complaining, oh, marketing gets us bad leads or they give us bad content, take ownership of that. And you have all the tools available to take action on that too. That's funny because I did a webinar today, a little mini webinar, and I talked about that very thing is that We've got to look at our territory or our patch or segment or market district or client list as we own that business. That is our business. We are CEOs of that business. And if you're not thinking about, you know, lead generation and lead sources and flow and brand message and things like that, you're not a business owner. You're just a sales guy. Or, or 100%. And, yeah. And what's it costing the business too? Like, it's costing the business more by burning through opportunity yeah. than actually really taking a meditative, thoughtful 
a strategic, uh, such a vanity word, but strategic approach to what you're doing. And the information is out there. There's like, there's no secret sauce to it. it. It is just about first off implementing the things that Bill teaches and then understanding you have all these tools yeah. to be able to deploy things that I guarantee you your competitors aren't taking advantage There's no of. way. Yeah, no yeah. way. Connor, it's been great, man. I appreciate your time today. And Find me on social media, Connor Doobie, and then you can find us at activeblogs.com. Connor, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Really good advice here. 